Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince. But it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from thirty dollars. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning fourteen karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hey everyone, this is the season one episode that we normally post in full on Patreon, but Kate and I had so much fun recording it. And I mean, it is slightly unhinged, Kate. I I, I would think. say 100%. You know when our producer Sammy Junio texts us and they're like, wow, this episode. And that's when, I, that's when we were like, do you think we should just put it on the main feed so people can hear what we're up to? We're just putting it on the main feed so you can see what we're up to. I know, you know, you might not be into rewatching the OC, but maybe we'll be into us talking about rewatching the OC. So here it is. Here's the episode in full. If you want to hear the rest of them, head on over to patreon.com slash forever 35. And thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to Forever 35's season one, a recap of the first season of iconic TV shows, starting with the OC. I am Kate Spencer. And I am Dory Shafrir. And this episode is a Patreon exclusive. You can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash forever35, where you can hear this episode in full or watch the video of it at the $10 level. 
You can also join our discussion all about the OC on our Discord. Just a note about today's video. I am off camera. I am getting a I guess somewhat experimental treatment <laughs> on my scalp that I will talk about more in depth on the podcast when I've finished the the three treatments. Um, I've done two. It's called Silfirm, and it's it's like kind of like microneedling that is often done on the face. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But people are starting to use it for hair growth. Okay. Love it. And so I am trying it out as a sort of like guinea pig um, for this nurse practitioner who has her own practice. Um, and she's been taking, she's like, she's taking before and after photos. I think I'm going to be on her Instagram. Um when it's all finished, but you have to do three treatments, four to six weeks apart. I just did my second treatment. And then after you do your treatment, your hair looks, it's just, you you can't wash it for a day. There's like all this gunk in it. It's been like, it just, like, I did not feel comfortable being on camera today. I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that. That's fair, Dory. And Kate kindly is taking one for the team. The team being us and is on camera. Yeah. And I'm realizing how cluttered it looks behind me. But you know what? This is life. This is the real deal. You are seeing not a beautiful... You'd think after three years of this fucking online life, I would have some sort of beautiful background at the ready, but I'm moving things around here. So this is what you're getting. This is what it is. Dory as the voice of God and just my clutter. (laughs) And a very weird episode of The O.C., of uh yes yes i did you okay interesting you thought it was weird not weird it was a connective episode it was one yes, of those exactly. episodes that like joins the first third of the yes season to the next third right yes yes like i feel okay. like we kind of like tied up some loose ends and we mm-hmm. sort of saw a bunch of storylines either like converging or getting resolved. Um, So yeah, let's, should we talk about it? Yeah. So previously the gang went to Tijuana for like the last hurrah before school started. Marissa caught Luke in the act of cheating on her with Holly, the owner of the beach house. And then she went and got drunk and took a bunch of muscle relaxers, Xanax, pain pills, something ended up in the hospital it that had bad. been intended that had been intended for Summer's stepmother. Who we've never met. We've never met Summer's parents. We've never we don't met know Summer's anything. Parents. <laughs> we don't know anything about her home life. We just uh, learned we learn more and more about Summer, but without like any context. So she just becomes this very like weird and complex character. Totally. So totally. we start in kind of like a dusky morning. Dusky morning, mm-hmm. that's um those two words don't go together. That's like jumbo shrimp, right? Dusk is nighttime. <laughs> Starting um, up yes. great. I'm all alone here on camera, making no sense. <laughs> it's early in the morning at the Cohen house. We learn that Marissa's in the hospital. Everyone is worried and sad. And Kirsten pulls out like an, a giant tub of margarine 
to put on some bagels. I don't know if you noticed this tub of margarine, but it was like I the didn't. only thing I could see. Oh my God. I did not notice the tub of margarine. It just, you know what it was? It, it's such a relic of that time. Like I haven't seen or had margarine in a very long time, but I feel like when I was in my like late high school, college years, we were spraying. I can't believe it's not butter on everything. You know what, though? I feel like margarine has had a comeback of sorts because of vegans. Yes, except they just call that vegan butter. No, I know. But like... But it's margarine. It's margarine, right? Yeah, like, am yeah. I crazy? No, I'm pretty sure it's margarine. I mean, hopefully a <laughs> vegan can tell us. But I've bought that like delicious vegan butter. But and you were right. like, oh, this tastes like country crock. <laughs> it tastes better. I will say it's better than country crock. And I will tell you, Dory, that vegan butter, I eat the same way I do regular butter. Like I just, you know how I love to just eat butter. Oh, yeah. I also love to eat vegan butter. Kate, okay, this is a sidebar, but I, t- I thought about you the other day because have you ever gotten those pita crackers from either Trader Joe's or Sprouts? Yes, I think I've had pita crackers from Trader Joe's. They're like kind of plain crackers, like perfect for a dip, perfect for a dip or for spreading soft salted butter on. Oh, did you do this? That sounds amazing. I sure did. <laughs> that sounds incredible. Wow. It, Who are you? Me? I this was is amazing. Like, am I? Am I Kate? Because this is really good. Yes, you're <laughs> seeing the light. <laughs> oh, I don't deny that butter is delicious. That's fair. That's fair. I just like to have it on something. I don't like to eat it no, alone. No, oh, I was but, cutting slices the other night. But these pita crackers were the perfect vessel for some butter. I, yeah. I listen. If you need a, a vessel to get the butter into your body, that is fine with me. Any way that you get your butter, I support. Um, well, good. Then you would support me. <laughs> I support that. All right. Well, back to this show. Back to this show. Well, they never even eat the bagels because then we cut to the hospital where we learn that. Well, also, wait, mm-hmm. we should say in this cold open, everyone is very sad. Yes. Marissa nearly didn't. She nearly didn't make it. Marissa nearly didn't make it. And now they are just sitting around the kitchen eating margarine, being sad. Being sad. Cut to. Cut to. Marissa's in the hospital. We learned that she was airlifted out of TJ. Okay. (laughs) This is ridiculous, right? Uh, Is it? Okay. (laughs) All right. But let's say for the sake of the story, she was airlifted out of Tijuana and almost didn't make it. And then the Coens show up at the hospital with Ryan, of course, because he's now like an honorary Cohen. And Julie, Marissa's mom, is pissed mm-hmm. <sighs> really a lot pissed. of julie this episode we a do, lot of it's a big julie. julie episode it's her moment to shine this yeah. is her a lot of emmy nominated clips come from this or, or like you know if you're <laughs> trying to get an emmy nomination they're going to come from this episode for her uh yes yes although her acting is still so bad. Yeah, you, I noticed, we're really offering up some critiques of the work here. You. <laughs> I noticed farther down in our document that Dory was commenting on the acting, and I like it. You're like that, the inside the actor's studio with Dory Shafrir. You have a point. But I felt like she was working hard. She was pulling out. This actress, she, she was trying to, she was going for it. Look, okay, 
I just want to say, I do not blame the actress here. I do not blame Melinda Clark for what is happening. I I am blaming <laughs> the cheesy script <laughs> and the direction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Melinda Clark may be a wonderful actress. You're saying she's doing the best she can with the material she's been given. I'm saying that this is a soap opera. Totally. And they are hamming it up like like a soap opera. And she is she has been cast as the villain. I mean, she like they 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 even have like I feel like she has like villain eye makeup. Yeah, and I'm honestly actually kind of annoyed that they're portraying her as the villain in this episode. I personally think Jimmy is more of a villain. Jimmy fucking sucks. I'm just going to say it. Jimmy sucks. I also Kate and I don't know if this is because like I'm a mom now, but like I did find myself like really sympathizing a lot with Julie later in the episode. Not not necessarily in the means she is using to try to get to her end, but like I understand a lot of her feelings. Well, in the hospital, Ryan shows up and Julie accuses Ryan of almost, quote, killing my daughter and basically says, like, you're never going to see her again. I think we should play this clip. And, and, and look, Ryan makes a convenient scapegoat. Exactly. And, and it sh- Julie doesn't have the full story. Look, no. as a parent of an almost teen, I'm starting to get this. Like, you don't get the whole story and you're piecing bits together. Right. And... I understand why she this is this is also me empathizing with Julie. I understand why she would think that Ryan is the problem. Yeah. She doesn't know what a scumbag Luke is. Right. And she's created this, she's concocted a story about how Ryan is the cause of Marissa's current spiral. Which now Marissa was getting dropped off on her doorstep, blackout drunk, long before like when Ryan showed up. So like Marissa's had issues for a while, as we'll learn. I don't know what happened in Mexico, but here's what I do know. Since you showed up, Marissa's been a wreck. Comes home crying, doesn't want to go to her own cotillion, having problems with her boyfriend. And now you can add another shining accomplishment to your list of achievements. In addition to stealing cars, burning down houses, and befriending would-be assassins, you've almost killed my daughter. You can blame me all you want. I would never do anything to hurt Marissa. Well, you're not going to get the chance because you're never going to see her again. You even try, and I'll make sure you're thrown back in juvie where you belong. She's like, I'm going to walk out of here slowly so you can admire my streaky highlights. <laughs> It is dark red on the bottom, <sighs> strawberry blonde on top. They are shine. Those highlights are working. They are giving. They are giving. <laughs> Poor Ryan, man. He just gets scapegoated. So many people just kind of use him to bring drama to Newport. I just, I kind of feel for him. Oh, totally. I mean, now, that said, there has been a lot of drama since he moved to Newport. I know. He doesn't have the best judgment. But again, like, he hasn't been, he hasn't had that behavior modeled 
And he's oh, starting to sure. get it with Sandy and Kirsten. I will say Kirsten does go to bat for him in this episode. Yes, she does. So we're just going to take a short break and we will be right back. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that my, thing every day. I do too. Uh, it's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Do you want to tell me why? No, no. I was just <laughs> going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like get this off of me. No, thank <laughs> once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it could like, be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the US and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So, this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm I hearing mean, those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be Redefining Feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden 
or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince. But it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, one thing I think is really kind of interesting about skin, my skin, but all skin, is that like what it needs now in my 40s is not what I needed in my 30s. Totally. Definitely not what I needed in my 20s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like, how are you supposed to know what your skin needs? It's hard. It's hard to know. Especially when there's just like so many products out there. The overwhelm is real. It's a struggle to even know how to get the results you want what products to start with. This is why we're super excited to partner with Apostrophe. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed medications that are clinically proven to help. I have used Apostrophe. I love it. They will pair you with a board-certified dermatologist who literally creates a personalized treatment plan for your skin. I have done this a few times now. It is so easy to do their online consultation. You upload photos 
and like within a few weeks, I had done a consultation and received my treatment plan and my product. Amazing. And that is how I became a tretinoin gal. I love the tretinoin that they sent me. I love their sunscreen. Both products have been amazing on my skin. And you, Forever 35 listeners, can get a special deal from Apostrophe. You can get your first visit for only $5. That's at apostrophe.com slash forever35 when you use our code forever35. Now that is a savings of $15. I like that. This code is only available to Forever 35 listeners. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash forever35 and click get started. And then use our code forever35 at sign up and you will get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. Okay, well, let's talk about that because she goes to bat for him at the Harbor School, which is turns out where everybody goes to school on this show, a very fancy private school. Which came a little bit out of left field for me. Yeah, I thought they all just went to like Newport High. Yes. Yeah. Like, I feel like that actually would have made more sense. Yes, um totally. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly find it kind of boring to put them in a private school, personally. Yes, I agree. I, I went to private school, and I, I don't love this choice. I would rather like a larger, more expansive school school but i mean but but then again the private school like the whole show is about heightening the contrast between mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. you know ryan's background and his new world and the whole fish out of, and like this makes him even more of a fish out of water totally now i will say i had a chuckle because kirsten walks with the lads to school and then she just goes i'm gonna go check in with the events committee and it's like, of course she is, because all this fucking show is, is about events that are thrown in Newport. Now, I have to say, this this felt like a little bit of a, a red herring to me, because I thought this was going to be about the back to school dance or like whatever, yes. like fake big <laughs> event they were going to have this episode. But in fact, this was the first episode we have watched with no big party. What I liked about this episode is that they are cutting between Ryan's first day as a fish out of water at this hoity-toity private school and Sandy's first day on the job at his hoity-toity law firm. So like we see Ryan has to go get his ID photo and he makes a joke about it being a mugshot. And then Sandy has to get his ID photo and he makes the same joke. Yep. Um. Yeah, so we're really getting like the fish out of water theme is being like hammered into us. Uh, truly. And you know what's interesting now that I think about it? Every pair in this show, one person is the fish out of water. Go on. So like Kirsten and Sandy, Sandy is the fish out of water. Sandy was imported to Newark, to Newark, to Newport by Kirsten. Julie and Jimmy. Julie, as we know, is from Riverside. She's the fish out of water. Mm. Marissa and Summer. I would argue Summer is a is like she is an overcompensating fish out of water. Something's like, up with something's Summer. up with Summer. Like we know that she doesn't have like the best home life. Um, you know, we kind of see that con and and Seth and Ryan. Like, Ryan is obviously the fish out of water. Oh, interesting, Dory. Very observant. You're right. 
and I think that story hook that dynamic just like continues to be at play um throughout well can we just note this fucking weird ass interview that Ryan gets dragged into with the head mistress of the harbor school Dr. Kim now there's a lot of things in this show that beggar belief that make no sense that you just are like I guess I'm just gonna go with this because was this like the the pinnacle for you was the pinnacle of absurdity now I went to public school I never even applied to private school i know i know nothing about the the process of being admitted to a private school but i feel reasonably confident <laughs> that no matter what it would not go down like this you wouldn't just walk in and demand that a person be accepted and then the school would be like okay and like, well, I'm not sure. I'm going to give him this test this that, he has to take, test. that he has to take in two hours. <laughs> That's also, the other thing about this episode. I realize at the very end, the events of this episode take place in one day. Yes. One day. One day. Also, did you notice when he he does take the test, we'll get to this, but when he hands it in, the test is a page? The test is a page and he's finished it. Yeah. So like, like why? Ugh. Whatever. We'll get to that. But yeah, the, like the, the, the ridiculous scenarios that they find themselves in are hilarious to me and also made me think that like as someone who does write fiction, <laughs> like I can be a little bit more liberal it's a contrived in the contrived scenarios yes. that I put my characters in. When I tell you the, the stakes I have gone sometimes to make things be as factual as possible in a book, me on Google Maps for hours trying to like ascertain if a character would walk a certain route, like you're right. We can just, yeah, fiction totally. can, you can kind of like gently fudge it because that's definitely what they're doing here, I think. A thousand percent. Especially because yeah. Dr. Kim and Kirsten are like, this is the hardest school to get into. Yes. And then she actually says, if people, some people are bred for USC, which I was like, Ugh. <laughs> but then she's, but she's essentially saying like, if you're not like a family legacy at USC, you're going to go to Harvard or Yale. I also just want to note that this was a classic way of like sitcoms and TV shows in the, 80s 90s 2000s to get quote-unquote diversity into their shows like the main characters would all be white and then you would have these like <laughs> ancillary like guest stars one episode arc guest yes. stars that the would headmaster. be like the headmaster is asian the therapist is black oh like, my god but, yes but the they judge. never show up again <laughs> no anytime there's a judge the judge is always a woman of color on yeah, a show for for one episode one episode yeah <laughs> And then everybody else stays white on the show for Everyone years else is and years. White. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> okay. okay. Well, let's just keep on trucking here because okay. we've got a lot of ground we to do. cover. We have a lot to cover. Because we've even gotten to the, the crux of the show. All right. Summer Seth, they're being like sincere with each other. They obviously are into each other at this point. But yes. we're not going to get them knocking boots for a while, it doesn't seem. No. Um, and also that so they're at school having a sort of like intimate conversation. Seth asks her to hang out and 
like before she can answer yeah. a group of cheerleaders walk by and they give the two of them such a disdainful look of like summer i can't believe you're hanging out with him that she immediately like retreats into herself i don't understand like, like how does seth have such a bad like he is a oh you're hanging out with this like very um traditionally attractive man like what also not to mention he's from one of the wealthiest families in newport like yeah which to this crowd seems like it would matter a hundred percent i don't get why like i understand they've established that seth is like a know-it-all dork but like i don't really think he would be this much of a pariah no, I agree. I fully agree with you, Kate. Okay. Okay. Back to the hospital. Back to the hospital. So Ryan's doing his test and Marissa calls and tells Seth that she wants to leave the hospital. So then Seth goes get goes and gets Ryan and Ryan Well, wait, 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 wait. Wait, did I miss something? Well, you missed the fact oh, that Julie right tells jimmy she's going to ask the judge for sole custody and she thinks marissa is asleep but marissa is actually awake and she has overheard everything because as we have previously established eavesdropping is a (laughs) fundamental plot device of this show so now marissa is freaking out yeah now marissa is freaking out um and we Marissa calls Seth's house and says that she needs to see Ryan. He is studying for this the aptitude test that he has to take. <laughs> the one page two hour aptitude test, which is gonna determine if he gets into the prestigious harbor school. Yes. Um, and so he Books it over to the hospital. Unclear how he gets there. But Probably his he, bike. He does have that bike. Oh, yeah. He does have a bike. Um, <clears throat> he's brought Marissa flowers from the gift shop. And he hides when they hear Julie coming. Because People as... always hiding on the show. Discussed, Julie has told Ryan to stay away from her daughter. He also brought her flowers. Very yes, sweet, like, gift very sweet. shop flowers. Okay. He hides from Julie, but Julie's suspicious. Julie's like, where did these flowers come from? And then she's like, they're from him, aren't they? Yeah. He would buy Um, you a shitty gift shop bouquet. (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, back at the Cohen's house, Seth is covering for Ryan being gone because he's supposed to be home studying for his test that he's about to take. Have I mentioned that he has to take a test that day? Yes, you have. Uh, the same day. That's right. He's studying for a test that is literally a few hours away, gets to a hospital, and oh then God. makes it back. Oh this, my God. this is ridiculous. This episode is ridiculous. Okay. How did Jimmy now Jimmy? I okay, this is when I start to get fucking pissed off. So ding dong, it's Jimmy at the door of the Cohen's house. Marissa's dad, this? Jimmy. Yeah, let's play this. Okay. Um, I'm going to start it from Seth covering for Ryan because oh, it's yeah. kind of funny. This was kind of funny. Good comedic relief. Adam Brody does the work. Did you ask Ryan what he wants for lunch? He doesn't want to eat. He's on a diet. Why is he on a diet? 
Why is he on a diet? Well, I'm going to ask him because I want to see how he's doing on his He's in a state of deep, deep zen-like concentration right now, okay? Well, he still needs to eat. He's naked, all right? He's naked. He studies in the near Chino thing, okay? And I think that if you were to it's walk in on him <laughs> naked and dad was to find out, I think suspicions might be raised. A house divided will not stand. This studying Ding naked thing is like about a your little surprise trip show. to Tijuana. Okay, I can't wait. Jimmy, hi. Is okay, Marissa okay? Gonna, yeah, she's, she's still for a second. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pause it. Because, like eavesdropping, <laughs> people just showing up at each other's houses is such an important aspect of this show. This show would not survive with people just randomly showing up. Well, also think about like so many sitcoms of our youth, like Full House, Kimmy Gibbler just showing up at the Tanner's door, a Family Matters, Steve Urkel just showing up uh, at, why can't I remember the Family Matters family's name? Winslow's um, house. Winslow's? One, of my, one of my sister's favorite shows, Small Wonder. Oh, right. Harriet. Just shows up all the time at the kitchen door. <laughs> Always showing up at that house. So this is like cell phones kind of ruined our ability to use this in TV shows because, and truly I will say as a kid who grew up in the 80s, like oftentimes someone would just come and knock knock at your door and see if you could come over or come knock and be like, hi. Wait, so, really? Yeah. I would always like go to a friend's house and just knock on the door and see if they could come out and play. Huh. I don't think I did that. But did I grow up in a bit of a more suburban area than you did, though? Maybe. That might be it. Yeah. All right. So Jimmy shows up. Now, Jimmy's wife, soon to be ex-wife, has explicitly said, please do not see your high school girlfriend anymore. They kissed and haven't told their spouses. Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. clear that Sandy is uncomfortable about Jimmy. And yet here comes yeah. Jimmy and Kirsten's like, oh, come on in. Even though Jimmy's here to ask for legal advice from Sandy, he should not be here. Also, the telephone exists. <laughs> the telephone exists. Like, it, why it does did. he need to come over? The telephone was an invention that had been around for, I don't know, almost 100 years at this point. I'm just going to guess. When was the telephone invented? I don't know. 1870s, it looks like. But nobody, nobody calls on this show. They all love to go for walks and show up at doors. It's like unbelievable. I mean, you know what? In a way, like I, I actually like, I like this. I like the face. I appreciate it. I I like the face-to-face communication. I like Mm -hmm, the mm close-knit nature of the neighborhood where like people are comfortable just like dropping by. But it is just hilarious to me as a television show device. That's all. Yes. I 100% agree. So what does Jimmy want? Legal advice. All right. I'll better. Thanks. Uh, It's Julie who's giving me the problem. Is Sandy coming home for lunch? I uh, no, he he just started a new job today. Why? What's going on? Uh, she's suing me for sole custody, maybe even supervised visits. Why would she do that? Well, my question is, can she? I just need to know what kind of shot I have at joint custody, given what I've put my family through. 
Just want to know what kind of case she has. Come on in. I'll get Sandy's new number. I, I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll wait out here. Okay. He's I mean, trying to set a boundary. Yeah. Jimmy. And she's like, Fuck we have boundary. been friends for too long to let something like this kiss that it was we just had. a it was stupid it was it was it was monumentally stupid i'm so i'm sorry it's okay i mean it's it's not okay but it's it's okay i mean you and sandy are the only friends i have left i definitely don't want to lose you won't you won't because i'm in love so with are you. you coming in or what hi you've reached jimmy cooper our i'm not in right down. now but please leave a message Oh, these adults are so As you pointed out, Jimmy is trying to set a boundary here. He did try, actually. I I wasn't giving him credit, but he did try. Yeah. And Kirsten was like, oh, no, no, no boundaries here. No, I hate boundaries. I don't want boundaries. (laughs) (laughs) Also, okay, we're going to, we'll get to more of her. She's really bugging me this episode. All right. Back to Julie. Back to Julie. She's back in the hospital with Marissa and she tells Marissa she wants to send her to a recovery center. And Marissa is like, fuck no. And this is where I did kind of start to feel for Julie. Like, I don't think her motives are entirely pure. Like I think she wants to get Marissa away from Jimmy, but I also Mm. think she is like genuinely concerned for Marissa. Like Marissa almost died in Tijuana. Yeah. Had to be airlifted. Had to be airlifted. She's in really rough shape. She's obviously like going through a lot. Like I think some therapy and psychiatric help is not the worst idea for Marissa. Now she's definitely in crisis. She's definitely in crisis. And like her mom is kind of freaking out. Yeah. So, you know, I, I felt like this was kind of unfairly portrayed. I agree. I see your point. Now, again, are we siding with her because we are parents possibly and we're old yeah. You know, we're not 16. Yeah. Maybe. But that's now, all right. I also do just want to note that Julie's necklace in this episode. It's huge. Is enormous. It is, is this, so distracting. Is this the one she's wearing with the pink tube top? Like she's gone yes, home and, and changed. And she's wearing a tube top the entire with, episode. With ribbons that flow off of it. It's like. Can we cut to this so that the folks who get to see the video can yes. see this? Yes. And if you're watching at home, we're, we're at around 18 minutes for the tube top entrance. Look at this. Look at the strings. said they do what they can, but I don't know. It's a great no, tube top. This is top. exactly why I thought San Diego would be good for you. San Diego? Dr. Burke has a facility there. Who's I mean, Dr. Look Burke? at that necklace. Well, uh, she's a psychiatrist. It is highly a recommended. flower she you can get at, at Trader Joe's. I get those flowers all the time. Okay. She runs an institute for young women who are troubled. Can I also say something? Yes. I will say I do love how they're talking about San Diego in this episode as if it's a thousand miles away. It's literally like an hour south of New York. Like it's like (laughs) totally like if we're thinking of the actual geography of Southern California, it's really not very far. Uh, yes i I understand why she doesn't want to go and i like all of that but it does kind of it is a little bit of a chuckle it's not like she's being sent to michigan right yes totally anyway but marissa is determined she is not going to go and she is going to escape from this hospital why just so she can make a point we'll get to that yeah yeah so marissa 
summons Summer to help. Um, yes. And then Summer just shows up again, <laughs> just shows up at Seth's. Shows not only not only yes. shows up at Seth's House. door, she shows up at the door to his room. He's so, studying like, and he's she knocks studying. on the door. <laughs> so they can rescue Marissa. Now, this has the next two scenes of this episode are essentially it's like they were written from future me. Yes, they were. I thought the, this as well. So Seth and Summer have an interaction in his room where he again does the bit about he's studying naked because he thinks it's his mom knocking. <laughs> and then Summer says, ew, and he that's how he knows Which, it's like, her. Which also just isn't even funny, even if it was his mom. No, it's fucking weird. Why it's does weird. he keep saying that? Yeah. <laughs> then for reasons that are never explained, he has a briar horse. Now, a briar horse is a... um horse figurine that if you were a horse kid you either had or you wanted to have it's about a 10 inch size horse and summer's like do you have a horse toy and he's like no she's like yeah you do and he's like he's named captain oats which is hilarious <laughs> but like what why what is this what seth has never mentioned horses if anything maybe he stole this from marissa's younger sister who's always riding like where did where did Captain Oates come from? In the next scene, we see... Comes out San of the blue. Yeah, comes out of the blue. Then the next scene, we switch to Sandy. He's now at the <laughs> office getting pressured not to go to court by the, the woman who he's having a flirtatious friendship with. So and it woman, turns out at big yeah. fancy law firms, they don't want you to go to court. Which Sandy's got to go to court. Sandy is like a dog with a bone for fucking court. Like yeah. he is obsessed with court he wants to go to court he loves court he loves getting into it and he i think not wrongfully thinks that he got hired because he's so good at going to court yeah he's a good what would that be like prosecutor yeah attorney i don't know but he's he was good at a defense attorney yes yeah, right well she makes a joke and she says we're in the volume business here not a joke. I'm sorry. She makes a comment and she says, we're in the volume business here. And he goes, like Costco? <laughs> and that's when I was like, how did they know that this I would be watching this? was made for you. It was made for me, but made for me now. Me in 2003 totally. would not have appreciated a Costco yes. joke. I didn't yes. have never even stepped foot inside of one. But I just totally. want to note that, you know what? I felt so honored. I don't quite, I'm still not quite following this like Sandy at the new law firm storyline. Like I still don't really buy that he would take this job that he loved and just shove it so he could go work in a corporate office to what, to, like stick it to his wife. Like I'm just kind of, I don't buy it. And so it's yeah. kind of getting under my skin. Yeah, it's kind of shitty. Okay, well, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm. Okay. Which is okay. I visible know. on my <sighs> neck and chest. 
Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. All right, moving on. Moving on. Um, all right. Now, <laughs> now Ryan is <laughs> Ryan is finally taking his test. Oh. And uh Seth and Summer just barge in. Also unclear. This is is this this is not the first day of school. It's like orientation, right? Yes. Yes. So they've just been back and forth. No idea also how Seth and Summer got to the school. Also, like, no idea how they know where he's taking the test. None of this is explained. Also, like, it's frankly kind of entitled of them. Like, this is Ryan's, this is Ryan's one shot and they are sabotaging it. Potentially. They don't care. They've got to get Marissa out of this hospital. They have to free Marissa. But, like, this is when I was like, what, what is their plan exactly? (laughs) Well, lucky for you. They just conveniently decided to make Summer a candy striper. <laughs> no, I meant more. I let. I meant more like once they get Marissa out of there, where oh. are they putting her? Oh yeah, they're, no, that's like, the worst. It plan. becomes it becomes a little clearer later, although not really. But like, they can't bring her back to her house because her mom is there. So like, where's where where are they storing her? <laughs> I actually feel like this was a realistic portrayal of teens because this is very teen to have like a stupid plan, an impulsive plan. And then you you succeed with the plan, but then it's terrible and you're kind of stuck. Like, I feel like this is the kind of dumb shit, not like getting friends out of hospitals, but I was constantly doing dumb shit that made no sense, but I thought it was brilliant. That's fair. Yeah, that is fair. That is, that is fair. Um, Also, Marissa has finally, talk to the shrink and 
she tries to kind of like downplay all her all of her issues. And like I think I think in the scene it becomes clear that like Marissa is like she does have shit she needs to work out. Yeah, like we learn that she had what her mom thought was anorexia and she says just tennis season was stressful. Like it's it's a little unclear and it kind of again made me more empathetic to Julie as to what was going on here. Yeah, totally. So the teens go to the hospital to use Summer's volunteer position that we had never really heard about as a candy striper to get her out of the hospital. Again, Again this is all one happening of those in things, one day. In one day, and one of those things that we've never heard about before. <laughs> no, suddenly she's a candy striper. <laughs> suddenly she's a candy striper and has her uniform at the and ready. At the ready. And she's like, I'm not supposed to be here today, but I just, I wanted to do some sponge baths. And no one is like, wait, stop. And also you brought also, two strange young men. Also you brought two strange young men. Also are like the candy striper volunteers in their like kind of sexy French maid-esque get-ups, like giving people sponge baths. Like this makes no sense. No sense. None at all. <sighs> None whatsoever. But here we are. Here we are. Okay. But then they use this, Ryan just sneaks into Marissa's room with a candy yep. striper outfit for Marissa yes. to change into, of yes. course, so that they can have another like sexual innuendo moment uh -huh. of her being like, turn around. <laughs> Which she shouldn't even have to say. Ryan should, like, I'm not saying that that was wrong. It's just like, uh, why is Ryan the one delivering? Yes. You, you get it. Yeah. You get it. Look, I get it. I get it. Okay. Well, they get okay. her out. Well, okay, but first, in what is the third instance in this episode of someone showing up unannounced? Yeah. Guess who's here? Guess who's here? <laughs> I bet you forgot about him. Remember, he was shot two episodes ago. <laughs> But now his his, now he's his arm is healed. Yeah, he's healed. And then he cheated on Marissa in Tijuana. And now he's back from Tijuana with, I will say, pretty flowers. And wants to see her. He's the fucking worst. It's Luke, the it's worst Luke, boyfriend in the world. The worst boyfriend in the world. But, you know, I was like, are they going to have another fight? But in fact, he kind of like helps them out of the room. Yeah, and they get out. Yeah, and they get out. Okay. The next scene is, <laughs> again, like, okay, this, like, Kirsten and Jimmy, Kirsten, Kirsten decides that they must find Sandy immediately. Oh, yeah. <laughs> This show is ridiculous. What time is it? We it's it's after work hours <laughs> and it's the summer, so it has to be like eight PM at this point. Oh my god, Ryan's supposed to be taking this test. Ryan, oh. who knows what happened with the test? <laughs> the show. Kirsten called Sandy's office because she couldn't get in touch with them, and they told her that he was having after work drinks at a Mexican restaurant where we've never that we've never seen before. 
I was right? shocked it wasn't the Crab Shack that they've gone to in well, every episode. I don't know that the Crab Shack is open at night, Kate. Well, also, like, maybe Sandy didn't want to be seen by all of Newport with and his maybe Sandy new... didn't want to be seen by all of Newport. Now, I do just want to note that the band Air is playing. So glad you heard this. I didn't notice. If you were a sexually active person in the late 90s <laughs> and early 2000s, <laughs> you 1,000% had sex to this song. <laughs> really? Yes. This was the soundtrack of sex so the fact that this is playing in this scene <laughs> is uh like a hundred percent deliberate you know i don't remember this song okay you were like listening to fish i was i was listening to bob you were having marley sex to fish <laughs> um, <laughs> I really wasn't. I hope I wasn't, but oh <laughs> you were cool in Philadelphia, knocking boots to air, and I was in Maine in my patchwork corduroy oh my pants, just yeah, humping the jam. This bands. was this was this was an iconic album. Okay, Moon Safari. That was the name of the album, and it came out in 1998. Oh, I vaguely remember these guys. These are like hot, like French dudes, right? And then they did the Virgin Suicide soundtrack. Yes, 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 yes. And yes, became yes. like even fucking cooler. These are um, kind of like like electronic musicians, if you will. Yeah, but like, who are? Where did they go? Chill. Are they still around? Um, okay. Air. Are they still? They were French. Mm. That's all I need to know. They're cu- they're kind of cute. Okay, air. All right, I'm gonna Google no. them later. Do, are they still? I don't think they're still like touring. Jean Benoit Dunkel and Nicolas Godin. <laughs> okay, after this, after we finish recording, I want you to just put on Moon Safari. Can you do that for me? Yeah, I'll get some vibrators out and I'll. <laughs> Multiple, get multiple, multiple vibrators. <laughs> I've got like a couple hours before my kids get home from school. My my husband's out of town. It's me and the dogs. You're making up for lost time. Yeah, he's been gone for a while. So I'm just going to listen to this entire soundtrack. Oh, this is unhinged. Okay. We got to get through this. Okay. Sorry. We got to get through this. It's just just like everything. There's just so many things that happen in 42 minutes on this show. It's really impressive. They cram a lot in. Kirsten and Jimmy crash Sandy's after work drinks with Rachel. He's not at drinks with all of his colleagues. He's at drinks with Rachel. The only woman we've seen at this new law firm. The only person who works at this law firm. Like she took him to get his photos done. She's... HR, she's a partner, she's everything. She's everything. They're drinking margs. They're having yeah. a great time. Seems fun, they're honestly. Listening to sex music. <laughs> Dory's and sex music. Kirsten is like, what the fuck is going on here? Kirsten, who literally kissed her high school boyfriend like uh two days ago, is mad about this. And you know what? I think like she she is right to be suspicious. Sure. But also she's a fucking hypocrite. <laughs> She's projecting, you know, like yes. she's the one doing the thing. Yes. So now she's projecting her like guilt yes. onto a situation that may or may not be innocent. We don't know yet. Oh, 
totally. And then we see the gang of teens. They're hanging out at Jimmy's apartment. That's where they've gotten Marissa. Uh, Question. Yes. Have they, how do they know about Jimmy's apartment? No, no clue. How do they, how did they get in? How did they get in? How do they, because like, Jimmy just told Marissa that he's getting divorced while she was in Tijuana. And then she was in the hospital. So when did when did they have time to communicate the address of this new apartment? <laughs> Give her the keys. Give her the keys. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense. Unclear Again, how they're all driving no around this town. Exactly, Kate. Exactly. Nothing. And I will maybe say. We should, we should, maybe we should keep a running list of things that make no sense. And then we find the creator and his bajillion dollar house and we stick it to him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Dory. Okay. Okay. I also wanted to note that the set de- decorators found every leather couch like on the Fox lot and put it into the apartment. Like every piece of leather, it oh really God. made me laugh. Like I feel like leather furniture is such stereotypical like divorced dad furniture and it's only leather in the, in the apartment. You're so right. So then, so Jimmy shows up and he's like, oh, what's going on? I haven't been paying attention because I've been with my high school girlfriend and they find the plan. He finds out that Julie was plotting to take Marissa to the San Diego Institution then the teens go and walk on a pier and eat pizza in tiny, tiny napkins. They eat yep. tiny slices of pizza in napkins. Mm-hmm. And back to the adults who are the true problem on the show. Sandy comes home from the Margs, and Kirsten is moping on the couch. Yep, because she, she's guilty. She's guilty, and she's jealous, and she is projecting the guilt. Um. All right, let's play this because. She then lies yes. to Sandy. Sandy's suit is so big. He looks literally like Tom Hanks and big when he's a boy in the suit. And I love Let's get her to listen. Oh. Sorry. Wah, wah, wine, wine, wine. Okay. Just hook up already, Ryan and Marissa. From work? I don't understand why you're so upset. I mean, I understand, but it's nothing. She works at the firm. She doesn't look old enough to be served in a bar, let alone a lawyer. She's 33. She graduated Berkeley four years after you did. What's her favorite color? Pink. <laughs> Sandy, did I'm not saying anything's like going Berkeley? on. Good. Because you spent the weekend painting Jimmy Cooper's house, and I didn't say a word because I knew nothing was going on. But something was, Sandy. Right, of course. So what were you two doing together tonight? Jimmy's got custody issues with Julie. Well, I guess we're all having issues. So what are we going to do? I have to work with this woman. I trust you. Okay. I trust you. Okay. Hello. Hey, it's Ryan. Hey, what's going on? Uh, I'm with Marissa, and I need your advice. Uh, 
Well, if I've learned anything today, you don't want to go to court with this. You're going to want to settle. I do not get that, like, joke. I think what he's saying is don't, like, continue trying to, like, kidnap Marissa and hide her. Like, okay. come to a rapprochement with Julie Cooper. Now, I think that's what he's saying here. I have a few issues with the previous scene. Go on. Well, okay, number one, Kirsten is just lying out her butt, and that makes me mad. But two, Sandy, for somebody who loves to go to court, isn't really good at getting the truth out of his own wife. I think Sandy is suspicious. You think he's in denial a little bit? No, I think he is waiting for Kirsten to confess. He's building a case. Yeah, I think he's okay. trying to like lead her there. And this mm. way, he when he does get the confirmation, he can be like, you lied to me. Okay. Because this is a real, this is going to turn into a real, the cover up is worse than the crime. I no. Well, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Like, whatever. I think Kirsten thinks it's never going to come out. But like, Kirsten. we all know it's the OC. Yeah. There's no secrets here. Don't hide those documents in the bathroom, Kirsten. We are going <laughs> to find out about them. Don't destroy the tapes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kirsten. Okay. So then because of this advice... Somehow all the teens now go to the Coens and then they get Julie over to the Coens to confront her. And then Ryan is like the bait that gets Julie inside yes. the house. And then Marissa yes. shows up around the corner and is like, surprise, I'm here. And I don't want to live with you. I want to live with Jimmy. Ugh. Dory hated the scene. Dory wrote the acting. It is bad. <laughs> I mean, it's just so hammy. It's a long scene. I don't think we need to play the no. whole thing. It's um, also like, oh, God, again, with this Ryan. Yeah. and Okay. Yeah. And then Julie storms out. Fine. Then we cut to Summer and Seth sitting by the pool. And my, and my only note about this, and, and he kind of calls her out in this scene. Go on. Like, he is like, are we... Yeah, like, like he says something about like, cheer, like you know, now that we've like gone through all of this with Marissa, like, are you still going to ignore me even when in school, even when cheerleaders walk by or something like that? Um, like I like that Seth is kind of like sticking up for himself, mm. but I also do. I need to note here that Summer's wardrobe is ridiculous. What's your beef, Dory? I'm just saying that like and You're and we have discussed how it seems like summer in particular is often shown like with her shirt off like she's the yes. one in the bikini she's the one in the bra like I do feel like the show is like really amping up summer's sexuality mm -hmm. in a way that like feels inappropriate like she's 16. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't, don't know. Am I just like an old prude? Well, I think like not, not yes. yes, but like, no, I think <laughs> we're watching this through the eyes of women in their mid 40s in the year 2023. Like, I wonder right. if we would have thought anything of it back then. I don't know. I mean, back then I probably would have been like, cute skirt. Yeah, ex exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd she get that? Five, seven, nine? Yes, I would have thought the same thing. 
Oh, it's really low in your hips and you can pull that tank top way down. <laughs> Looks also, great. Just the fact that we grew up in an age where there was a store called 579. Oh, it's so gross. Those were the sizes, everybody. <sighs> Those were the sizes. All right. Okay. So this all ends the next day. We finally get to the next day. <laughs> finally. Only took 40 minutes. And they're back at the harbor school. We find out Ryan did well on the test. Well, no, we don't find that out till, till like the very end. Okay. Because first, Sandy is telling Ryan to plead his case with Dr. Kim. Again, they should be like, you shouldn't have fucking left the test, dude. <laughs> I mean, look, his his frontal lobe is not fully developed. That's like, fair. I think, I, you're, I think you're right. Like, this is a, a real harebrained, like, Scooby-Doo <laughs> scheme. Such that, Scooby-Doo. That's that exactly came up what with. this is. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... And then the, in the last scene, we see Sandy and Seth at school. Sandy is once again being a little creepy about Summer. Yeah, it's like you want. I want to like Sandy unconditionally, but he's he's totally inappropriate about Summer. It's yes. really gross. Yes, I agree. And this is when we find out that Ryan, after all that, after leaving the test early, after being chino shamed. He gets Chino shamed so much. He gets Chino shamed so much. He passed. Ryan is going to the Harbor School. Thank God. Thank God. Because <laughs> how would the show continue? How otherwise he'd be <laughs> ringing the doorbell of the Harbor School trying to get in all the time. All the time. Um, wow. Kate, this was quite an episode. I, I don't even like know where to begin i guess like very subjectively did you like this episode honest well i found the teen stuff boring af okay but i did kind of like it i like i liked kind of learning these little tidbits about summer i like seth kind of being a little bit more like assertive but not in a creepy way yeah because he's been a sort of in a creepy way. Yes. Um, I feel like he's kind of sticking up for himself a little bit more. I'm kind of sick of the Marissa storyline a little bit. Like, okay. A little sick of Marissa. I'm way sick of the adults. Mm. Like, just hook up, get your shit together, guys, or like, get out. You know what I'm saying? Kate, I do. I do know what you're saying. So, I don't know. Did you like this episode? I did kind of enjoy this episode. I think I think I like I'm I'm ready for the Ryan Marissa Luke love triangle to kind of be over and yes. it feels like it's on its way out. I need it to be done. Luke yeah. is terrible. Luke is like, terrible. That's kind of like run its course. I feel like he had a cursory <laughs> moment in this episode but it, he really wasn't in this episode. Yeah, I'm ready to be done with him. I'm ready to be done with him. Um I do think like the mother daughter stuff with Marissa is kind of interesting mm. now as a mom. Um, Jimmy Cooper like stays annoying. <laughs> like, he is just the worst. Um, I'm, oh, I'm also, I'm also looking forward to like, we have a new setting. We have the school. Yes. 
So new I'm, kids, maybe new kids. Like I'm, I'm excited for the for the next third of the season because we're gonna have a little bit. I think I think we're gonna get a little bit more. Um, there's just like a new new stuff, new stuff coming. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm ready for the next phase of this show. Like I was ready for summer vacation to be over. Oh my god, me too. <laughs> they did nothing. They did nothing. So they all least, need to get jobs. Yeah. So at least like that part is over. I was glad that they managed to like actually write a full episode without a party. It must have been hard for them. I, honestly, it must have been. Like you have to. I bet that in the writers' room there were at least two writers who were like. We need a party. Like they're really pushing for a party. To be clear, <laughs> OC writers, we admire your work. This oh, is yeah, not totally. easy to fucking create a no, show. No, like not this. at all. Um, but I feel like next episode they're going to come back strong with like a rager. I hope there's like I want the teens to party. Right. I I like watching them. I just I would like some like variation in the parties. They don't all need totally. to be at Holly's Beach House in bikinis. Well, and I'm also curious to see what the conflict is going mm. to be at the parties now because like we had the Luke and Ryan conflict. We had the Donnie conflict. We had the Jimmy conflict. Like each party has had its sort of like central conflict. And now that we're entering kind of a new, a new phase of the season, what is the central conflict of the parties going to be? Well, and Anna Stern has to be coming back from her sailing trip to Tahiti any moment now. And I'm assuming she's also going to be going to this school because the Harbor school, of course, yes, of course. <laughs> so she's going to be in the mix. I'm excited. I'm ex- kind Anything of excited for what's to come. Yeah. I Anything will say like, happen. I am it, truly enjoying watching this show like i watch it and i'm satisfied at the end of every episode oh, i'm glad just to about. hear that Can yeah you? all right well thanks everyone thanks we talked Kate. for an over an hour about the oc today listen there was a lot to say it was a lot <laughs> all right report back on air please <laughs> i'm gonna tell you how it goes with my vibrator and air how oh. dare you well, all right <laughs> bye everybody bye, bye.